past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello, and welcome to The Career Confidant, and we're glad that you're joining us today. And you are going to be glad that you joined us today because we have another special guest, Lene Alves, who is here to talk about interviewing. Now, Lene, interviewing is a challenge for people, and it's one of your sweet spots as a career coach. It's one of the things that you specialize in. And one of the things that we know happens is that people get really nervous. They, it's This is very stressful. So tell us what some of your top tips are for managing that stress. Faced with the idea of interviewing, it could be that they really haven't had to do it for a while. They lack the experience, right? It's also the fear of the unknown, right? I don't know what somebody's going to ask me. And I talk to so many people who are really uncomfortable with self-promotion and talking about themselves. But of course, that's part and parcel of what you need to do in a job interview. So the best way I can tell you to manage that stress is by preparing. Preparation is really the secret to feeling more comfortable if you think about it um, in terms of like professional athletes, right? They practice all the time to get better at their craft, even though they're really at the top of their game. Well, it's no different with interviewing. And the best way to overcome that stress is to practice and prepare so that you're ready when you go in there to do your very best. Yeah, and this is one of the myths that I hear from people. It's like, oh, I don't want to practice because then I'll sound rehearsed. And it's like, oh, any good speaker that you've ever heard rehearsed until they could say it forwards and backwards. It's not that they're just so great off the cuff. The reason they sound natural is because they've rehearsed that much, right? And I think that's one of the biggest myths that I hear. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. People uh, say that, but sometimes that's a little bit of an excuse, right? They feel funny rehearsing. It just doesn't feel natural because people you know, most people aren't actors. It feels like you're acting at that point, but you're really not. Like you said, the practice is to help you get comfortable saying these words and having these uh, concepts be top of mind for you so that when you walk into an interview, you're not feeling like a deer in the headlights. You're not feeling, you know, out of sorts and off balance. Yeah, and you spent 29 years in corporate America and and more than 20 years hiring people. So you're not just, uh, (laughs) you know, you're not just going to give us tips from what you've seen. You're going to give us tips from what you've actually lived. And I'm excited about that. Um, So let's jump in here and talk a little bit about some of the keys to success in job interviews. What would you say are the, the top things that people need to be thinking about? Well, you know, Once you secure a job interview, you know, it's really smart to kind of go into preparation and research mode, right? If you haven't already done a little bit of research or don't have much familiarity with the company that you're going to be interviewing with, taking time to research that company and learn a little bit about them. Because I think a lot of times people walk into interviews thinking, well, I only need to kind of go in there ready to talk about the job at hand. But what can really set you apart 
from your competition is really providing some perspective uh, based on the research that you've done. So that really helps. You know, the other key to success that I saw consistently as a hiring manager over the years um, was really just showing up, being engaged, bringing a high level of energy to that interviewer, and really working to connect with your interviewer. Um, making sure that, you know, you are able to articulate your top strengths and skills clearly and succinctly. That's the other thing that's really important in an interview, answering the questions that are asked of you and answering them in a really concise and clear manner so that the person who you're interviewing with can easily digest the information that you're sharing with them. Yeah, yeah, and you you know that research um, can also help us with the energy piece. So people are talking about, you know, how do you be energetic on Zoom? And it's not necessarily like we have to all be super energetic. But when we've done our research, then we can really connect with someone and engage with them because we can ask them questions that really speak to them. And I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, and you're right. It isn't about, you know, bouncing off the walls, but really just bringing a little bit of energy and enthusiasm because there are plenty of people who just don't and they aren't aware of the fact that they can kind of maybe then appear a little flat, particularly during an interview. I mean, it's equally the job of the interviewee to bring energy and excitement to that interview because, again, it, it will set you apart. Uh, it will be something that is memorable about you because everybody doesn't do it. If you can do it effectively and authentically, of course, it will really serve you well. Yeah. And what ways do you um, uh, suggest that people research? What what uh, tools might they use? Sure. I mean, I think probably the most obvious is going to be going online, going to the company website, uh, looking at and, and reading about the company itself, maybe reading about the group or the division that you might be interviewing for, just getting a sense of them and also maybe a sense of their culture. Websites are really, you know, rich with this information. Obviously, if you are a finance person, maybe you're going to want to look at annual reports and and look at uh, the finances of the company and, and get grounded in that information. And that could be quite helpful to you. You can also go on LinkedIn and research people, research the company there. Where LinkedIn you know, has lots of company pages and companies are really using those pages to promote themselves. So you can see, you know, what are some of the latest initiatives that they are engaged with or promoting? Again, this isn't necessarily all information that you'll be using during your interview, but you might find that there's an opportunity at some point or a few points during that conversation that you can work in some information like this that demonstrates that you've done your homework. Yeah, and there are so many things out there now. You can read, you can see what people are doing and um, be, be able to connect even though you may not want to connect, you know, do you connect with them on LinkedIn beforehand? But you can look at what they're, where they went to school and those types of things and really be able to make those connections, which I, I love, right? It gives us that more human connection. Yeah, it's really nice. It's nice to be able to, you know, we're really lucky, right, that we, you know, I know we're all kind of overloaded with technology on the one hand, but on the other hand, we're really lucky that we live in a time where 
all this information is so accessible to us. It isn't like we've got to go to the library and, and uh, you know, go through searching through card files to try and find this information. It's really at our fingertips. And so doing some of that basic research, again, will really serve you well. And again, that only helps to infuse you with a little bit more confidence and calm as you walk into an interview because you feel prepared, you feel knowledgeable, and you feel ready to have an engaging conversation with someone. Okay, so this is everyone's thing right now, right? What do you wear in a Zoom interview and how can you decide what 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 you want to do with that? You know, do I wear a jacket? Do I not wear a jacket? How do I decide and what's going to help me look the best? Well, you know, I, I know that it, this sounds too simple perhaps to people, but, you know, if I were interviewing today, I would dress the way I would dress for an interview that I was wearing walking into the office to meet with somebody. So you want to look professional and appropriate, of course, for the industry or type of business that you're applying for, the type of role that you're applying for. So whatever's appropriate in your industry and was appropriate pre-COVID, pre-Zoom interviews, pre-all of this, you know, would be appropriate now. You know, I, I do a lot of work on video and uh, I work with clients all the time and I dress as if I were going to an office. I dress professionally. I, just because I'm at home doing my work with them doesn't mean that I'm not getting myself together and uh, and ready to be on video with my clients. So I think that, you know, um, you know job seekers, uh, those who are interviewing for potential opportunities, you want to put your best foot forward. So wear something that you're really comfortable in, that you feel really good in. So maybe that is a jacket for you, a favorite jacket and uh, a top, you know, if you're a woman, if you're, or maybe it's a sweater. Um, these things can all look very professional. I'm not suggesting people have to be dressed super formally. But again, I think you want to feel really good about how you look because that's really the last thing you want to be thinking about when you're in an interview. Yeah. You, want, you have to feel comfortable, which is a challenge because we, you know, we've got to walk that line between something that we're comfortable in and something that's appropriate for the situation. And those two things aren't always the same thing, right? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Well, exactly. Now, when we're thinking about, you know, taking that and preparation and going to the interview, Part of it's understanding the process. So we're going to dive in here a little bit and talk about the process and and how this, what people can expect, especially if they haven't interviewed in a while. What would you tell them that they should expect? Sure. And, and I, I go over this with people all the time. So, you know, again, it's going to depend on the organization. I come from a, a background in corporate America, like you said earlier. And so typically the experience in corporate America is going to be that your first interview is typically a screening interview. And now these days, um, it used to be mostly by phone. Now it could be a phone screen or a Zoom screen. And this is typically a shorter interview where you're just being kind of assessed uh, to see, hey, are you somebody who, we liked your, we liked your resume, but we want to see how do you sound, how do you interact, and, and does everything agree with what we've seen? And if so, then you'll get passed into the next phase. And that's really where you could have inter individual interviews or group interviews. You might also uh, be asked to take an assessment. Um, sometimes there's recorded video interviews, although with the preponderance of Zoom, we're seeing a lot more, I think, live interviewing than we are seeing uh, people who are being asked to send in recordings. But that could also be something 
you experience. And then again, depending on the company, you might just have a few interviews. You might have a lot. At my last corporate job that I landed, I went through 10 interviews, individual, group, phone, um, in person, uh, you know, to get that job offer. And a, a client of mine who just recently got a job at a large corporation uh, here in the Chicagoland area went through eight interviews to get her job. So you could be expecting kind of a long process. Uh, so you just kind of have to take it as it comes and understand that your goal as you go through the process is just get to the next step, whatever that next step is. Yeah, so we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll continue talking about interviewing, of course, and the process and some of the things that you can do to really stand out in the process and um, talk a little bit more about some resources that you can use as well. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking with Lene Alves about interviewing and how you can do that well still in a virtual world today. So we talked a little bit about the importance of preparation and now we've talked a little bit about the process and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that and how it's different, what you can expect in the virtual world. But I also wanted to let you know that Lene has some free resources for you that you can get on interviewlikeanexpert.com and she has some tips for your LinkedIn profile and your resume layout. And then Lene, you've also got a master class here coming up for your job seekers, um, bit.ly, bit.ly backslash supercharge my job search. And so people can join that as well. But tell us a little bit about how this has shifted now that we're virtual. So you said we could have, you know, five to 10 interviews. What might those look like? Well, again, you know, it's really just kind of having, it's taking that, you know, old, um, you know, uh, 
experience that we used to have primarily in person and just bringing it online. So, for example, you know, you could have your screening interview. Like I said, that could be by phone or Zoom. So there's still plenty of people when I talk to candidates, lots of them are still having phone screens. So I think, you know, um, there's a little bit of Zoom fatigue out there. So people, you know, don't always use Zoom, but uh, employers now have that option. And it's yet another screening point for you. So if you have a phone screen, it's nice because you can have some um, bullet points and some cheat sheets in front of you. You can do that with Zoom as well, but you just have to be a little bit more um, subtle about referencing them. And on Zoom, it could be a one-on-one interview, but it could also be a group interview. So, you know, you could have multiple people in the Zoom meeting with you at one time, just like you might if you were to go on site and interview in person. So, you know, everything that's really happening through Zoom is happening the way it used to happen. Obviously, it's a little bit more challenging for the, you know, candidate to really connect. And and I know that we talked earlier about the importance of connecting and it's harder to do via technology. It's it doesn't feel as natural for people. It's a little easier when you're sitting with them face to face. But um, you know, it's again just practice makes perfect. So if you don't feel comfortable on this you know platform or maybe you're somebody who hasn't had to use it a lot even with everything going on, then practice with family and friends. You know, just get comfortable getting on camera and talking to people, looking at the right place so that you can, again, feel more confident and really um, present yourself professionally during those Zoom interview interactions. Yeah, that is a whole nother part of the practice, right? You got to practice your answers to the questions. And then we also got to practice using the technology and um, being on camera and looking at the camera instead of, you know, something else and smiling even when we're not talking, maybe even more important when we're not talking, especially in a group. So there's this whole other set of skills that people want to practice in addition to just preparing their answers, which is, yeah, that's a lot. Um, any <laughs> any is. strategies for how they can practice on Zoom that you've seen people do effectively? Yes, absolutely. That's a great question. And, you know, I often tell people you can practice. And the best way to do that, whether you're using, if you're using Zoom, you can record yourself. So you can just go into a meeting and you can be recording yourself and then you can play that back. So just practicing answering questions out loud, looking at the camera, you know, uh, for those people who've been using this platform where I've got, I've been on Zoom much, much more and on camera much, much more ever since COVID uh, hit. And so there were times when early on, when I hadn't been doing this every day, that I would literally get on and start talking to myself and say, here's where I'm looking right now. Now I'm looking here. Now I'm looking here so that I could see what I looked like when I was looking at each different area of my computer and could kind of get train my eye to go to the right place so that I knew I looked good on camera, for example. The other tool that you can use if you're not comfortable doing this through Zoom, by the way, is Facebook. Facebook has a great little secret thing that you can do. It's um, the Facebook groups. You could create your own group that consists of just you. And when you're in your group of you, (laughs) you can choose to go live on Facebook. And when you do that, you're just broadcasting to nobody. 
but you could do the same things I just talked about, and it automatically records you, and then you can play that back. So these are some tools that I myself used when I was really ramping up with using all of these platforms on a much more frequent basis, and people can take advantage of those, too. They're at their fingertips. That, like you said, you can record yourself and go back and listen to it or watch it. I oftentimes recommend that people start with the audio and the questions that they're answering and focus on that first and then add the video component because sometimes when we go straight to video, we tend to pay attention to things that may not matter as much. I mean, they, they do matter, but, oh, my face looks funny or, it, it, I, you know, things sometimes that aren't really very effective to focus on. <laughs> so I recommend mm-hmm, people right. do it via audio first and listen to some of that and then get on video, record yourself, see how it looks. It's kind of awkward to look at the camera instead of the person, but it really does make more connection. Um, another little tip with Zoom is that if you squish your screen, then instead of the two people being side by side on Zoom, the person that you're talking to will be on top and probably closer to your camera. Um, so things like that can help people get over that that piece of this new challenge. Um, all right, so let's talk about some of the things that people can do to stand out. What can they do to stand out during this interview? Well, I know I said this earlier, but you know I really do believe that being energetic and and not, you know, excessively, but just bringing some energy to this interaction uh, is important. Being positive is such an important piece of this process. Using positive language, positive positioning throughout the interview will serve you really, really well. Um, You know, if you're ever asked anything that might have a negative connotation, you definitely want to still put a positive spin on it. And like I said earlier as well, really making sure that you are answering the question you're asked. You know, this is something that trips people up, so I I can't emphasize it enough. People are nervous, and I understand that. Uh, I went through a lot of interviews. Uh, I was an active job candidate back in my day. And listen, you're nervous when you're going through an interview. So sometimes people tend to ramble a little bit. And it's really important to be clear and have some clarity of thought and being able to express yourself clearly uh, in that interview. And, you know, so just being likable, relatable. We talked about really trying to connect with that person and kind of, you know, even though I'm saying bring your energy, if the person that you're interviewing with, and this goes for live uh, in person or, you know, a Zoom call, you know, if the person who you're meeting with has a different energy level than you, right? I'm naturally high energy. But if I was to meet with somebody who maybe was a little bit lower energy than I am, I would take my energy down just a a notch. I'd still have good positive energy going, but I might bring it down to try and match them where they're at so that I can connect with them and I can uh, make a comfortable connection with that person. So reading the other person is also going to help you really to communicate effectively and to connect effectively. Yeah, and that energy matching and really thinking about how you connect. But then, as you said at the beginning, too, that researching and really knowing what you're talking to, who you're talking to, and you know, get excited about the job. We might not all be able to find something right now that we are super excited about, (laughs) but figure out something that you're excited about for that job. And if you really can't find something, it may not be the best 
it may not be the best way to spend your time. So thinking about how you can do that and, and connect is really important. And then you talk a little bit about making sure that you um, ask questions. What are some of the you know, top questions that your clients are asking at the end of that interview? Well, what I recommend is that candidates take a bigger picture view when they're asking questions at the end of an interview. You know, a lot of people um, think about things like, well, what's a typical day like? Or uh, tell me why is this position open right now? How, you know, why is it vacant? And in my opinion, a question that you ask should be one that helps you to advance your candidacy. Uh, it's really important to really be thoughtful and strategic in how you use these questions because if you ask a strategic question, for example, like, um, what do you think are the most important qualities needed for someone in this role? So you're asking the interviewer, what do you think? Please tell me. And when they tell you, and if those agree with what you're bringing to the table, in the moment, you can immediately reinforce your candidacy and say, that's great because I bring those skills and experience like we talked about earlier. Those are some of my top strengths and those are things that I've done before. It just allows you to reinforce why you're a good fit. So be thoughtful about those questions you ask because they do matter. And again, it's another opportunity for you to stand out from the competition. If you ask strategic questions versus asking more day-to-day questions or more common questions that a lot of other candidates might be asking. Yeah, and really being thoughtful, again, going back to the research that you're asking questions, but making sure that you have uh, a question that they're not going to answer that you can ask that one, you know, that you said about what's the, what are the most important aspects, what is what do they like about working there? The more researched your question is, the better, but just something that connects and shows that you're interested it is going to set you apart there at the end. So tell us again, Lene, about how people can find you, connect with you, and, and the class that you're starting next week. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, well, of course, the easiest way to connect with me is just through my website, and that is interviewlikeanexpert.com. And like you mentioned, there's some free resources there on my homepage that people can grab whenever they want them, if they need them. One's a resume layout guide, and one is my top uh, five LinkedIn tips. I am doing a master class. I'm so excited about this, and it's going to be all all about how to supercharge your job search. And that will be kicking off uh, in early February, but registrations are just starting now. And you can access uh, the information for that event at bit.ly it's bit.ly forward slash supercharge my job search i also have a page on facebook and i have a group uh, for professionals on facebook that you can join too where i've got lots of free videos and that's called job search strategies for professionals so however you want to connect with me there's plenty of ways Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And one of our sponsors for this show, Resume Writing Academy, helps resume writers be more 
be more effective at writing resumes for candidates. Also a great place for you if you're looking for help with your resume to land more interviews, head over to resumewritingacademy.com and we've got a directory of writers there that you can use to find someone who can work with you to have a more effective document and land more interviews. I look forward to uh, seeing you back here in just a few minutes on The Career Confidant, but we're going to say goodbye to Lene and thank you for sharing your interview expertise with us. We'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Lene Alves about interviewing and preparing for an interview and today interviewing has changed most people are interviewing virtually and most HR people around 60% are using video interviews versus phone interviews you might be doing a video interview where it's that one way recorded and and there's a system on the other end that's scoring it or you might be able to get on and use zoom to connect with people it's important to ask what the process is going to look like. And when you're talking to the HR person who's scheduling the interview, ask as many questions as you can. What is the process going to look like? What can you expect? What system will they be using? And who you'll be speaking to? Because if you don't ask who you'll be speaking to, it's a, it's hard to do that research that Lene and I were, chat, were chatting about. The more that you know up front, the better it will be. So compile those questions in an email, shoot them off to that person that's scheduling the interview and get get as much background as you can. Then you can dive in and really do that research. As Lene was saying, we can research on the company's website, 
go and look at their videos. What What's the culture really look like? What are people saying? What are they wearing? What does it sound like is important to them based on what, what you hear and what you read there? And then go to LinkedIn and look at the profiles of anybody that you can from the company. You know, you search the company page first. And then when you're on the company page on LinkedIn, there's a little section uh, kind of at the bottom of the top section where it says this many employees are on LinkedIn. Click that and click through to see however many employees you can see. It's one of the good things about taking a little bit of time and effort to grow your network there is that then you will be able to see more people as you're doing your your research on LinkedIn. And research, definitely the one of the top keys to success for interviewing because then you can do all of the pieces that we're going to talk about here next can be very targeted and really thoughtful in terms of how they connect to those interviewers. And when you know their names, when you know exactly who you'll be interviewing, then you can do the more personal connection via via the interview than just you know, talking about the job or talking about the company, you can make little connections that are appropriate. Hey, I saw you go to school here. I've never been there, you know, or hey, I see that you graduated from this. I've done that too, or my son or my daughter's going there. You don't want to overdo it with the personal stuff, but some little connection points that just make it obvious that you did your research and everything on LinkedIn is pretty much fair game. Be a little bit careful with what you might find on Facebook, but anything that you can find out, those are connection points. And press releases, of course, where you can connect to what you know about them and, and be relatable. It's especially important if you kind of feel like an outsider to the organization, how can you make those connections? So this is one of the other trends that we're seeing right now in hiring is that there's a lot of talk about internal hires, internal mobility, and not as much as external Right, you got risk, you've got moving, or I'm going to do virtual. There's a messy, it's messy right now to hire, and there's a lot of reduction in force and being careful about budgets. So, we're seeing a lot more internal hires. So, if you are an external hire, external interviewee, be thoughtful about the fact that there is probably other people interviewing her internal. And how can you do enough research to connect to the hiring manager in as close of a way as possible as you could if you worked there and and worked down the hall? What are those connection points that you can make that help you feel familiar? Going beyond the professional, a little bit into the, you know, connection points beyond work, school, travel, some of those things that you might be able to find uh, on LinkedIn are a great, great place to start. So now you've done your research, prepare. Now this is always a challenge because people think, oh, there's a million questions they could ask me. Not really. They're going to ask you about things that show you can do the job. They're not looking for necessarily are you qualified. They determine that by your by your resume, but they're looking for can you do this job. So they're going to ask you about the skills 
that the job is looking for. So study that job description and think about what are the key skills that they're going to be looking for. And then you can research questions around those specific skills, questions about communication skills, questions about et cetera. You can find them. If you're maybe looking at some technical questions, a lot of times you can find some of those questions by doing something like glass door research, where people will actually share some of the questions that were asked during the interview. Then they also want to know about your work style. So they're going to ask questions about how you handle challenges, things that are, again, related to the position that you're targeting, but maybe worst boss, best boss, favorite work environment, what you're doing now that you're virtual. So this is new line of questioning that's come up. You know, what have you found out about yourself as as a remote worker? How have you been working remotely more effectively? You're going to see some of those questions as well, especially if the company is hiring you to work remote for some amount of time, even if it's not, uh, you know, indefinite. Uh, Even if it's just short term, you can expect to see some of those questions. So brainstorm skills and questions that you can expect and start preparing answers for those. I like to use the star or, you know, it really doesn't matter what format you use. I actually like the smart format from Susan Britton, situation, metrics, actions, results, tie back. And the tie back is connecting it back to why that matters to that company. Excellent if you can use a question. So tell me about a time that you dealt with a difficult customer. Well, I had a customer that was upset because this had happened. Our goal was to have a 97% customer satisfaction rate. And I, I knew that these are some of the actions that I could take to make that happen. The result was that this customer, you know, ended up coming back as a customer over and over again. What's your customer satisfaction goals here? What's what's that metric of success look like here? That would be a question that ties it back in and shows that you're knowledgeable and, and really connecting to the interviewer. And it gives them a chance to talk, which we know is effective because that 50-50 conversation is more successful than a one-way interrogation. And most of the time, employers want to talk anyways. So giving them some ideas and things to jump off of that keep the conversation moving in a direction that's good for you helps you just as much um, as it helps keep the, the conversation going. So you're going to do your research, you're going to prepare, you're going to practice those questions and answers like you would practice a speech. Now I know, again, that people are saying, oh, that makes me sound rehearsed. Well, you sound rehearsed kind of in the middle where you've rehearsed it a little bit, but not that much. When you actually get to that point where you've rehearsed it a lot, you will not sound rehearsed because now you know it well enough that you can be flexible backwards and forwards and change it up a little bit to answer their real question and it'll be okay. I want you to have five to 10 stories, at least two or three negative ones relevant to your industry. So tell me about a time you missed a deadline. Tell me about a time you had a difficult customer. Tell me about a time when you had a problem you couldn't solve. And you don't want to skirt any of those. So when I ask you, tell me about a time you missed a deadline, if you say I've never missed a deadline, mm, I'm not sure I want to work with someone that perfect, right? It doesn't it doesn't sound true or it doesn't sound like you're human. So figure out a way to tell the story in a way that works. So one of the 
projects that I had. We had all these problems come up and my team was so afraid that we were going to miss the deadline. I got us all together. We ordered a pizza and we sat down, worked through the night and got it done. So you didn't miss that deadline, right? But you told me what you did to make sure it didn't happen, et cetera. Or I communicated to the customer up front because I could see that we were going to miss the deadline and we renegotiated the schedule to make sure that it would work for everyone. Whatever it might be, but they want to see your process. They want to see how you problem solve, how you communicate. That's what they're looking for. So when we answer them too bluntly, it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't really answer the question. So five to 10 stories, two or three of those are, are negative, where you're turning it again into that positive. And of course, one of two of those are going to be strengths and weaknesses. When I talk about strengths, I like to have a story because when you just make a list, it sounds like a dating profile, right? I'm a team oriented, blah, 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 blah. Nobody remembers anything. You might have a few that you list and then one that you tell a story around. And when have you demonstrated that strength, of course, relevant to the position that you're interviewing for? Then you've got that story that makes it memorable and ties some of those strengths into something that is relatable. Weakness, same thing. We've got a story about feedback that we got that was negative and then what we did to get better at that so that's that I can handle negative feedback that's what they're looking for and I can do something about it take initiative and do something about it so it it should be tell me about a time that you received negative feedback and what did you do about it that's how you want to reframe whenever anyone asks you tell me about your weakness it's really tell me about a time you received negative feedback and what did you do about it When you've written down or kind of prepared those answers, I recommend that you practice them, again, audio first. So call yourself, leave a message. You can use Zoom without the video, whatever it is that you want to do. But practice them audio first. Listen to the answers. You want to have your answers be about two to three minutes long for stories. And, you know, even three minutes is going to start to be a little bit long. And 90 seconds for that intro, tell me about yourself kind of piece, which always relevant to the position. It's really tell me about yourself related to this position and why you want this job. Then practice on video. Record yourself on Zoom. It's easy. It's free. There's other things you can use. But that one really is pretty easy. You could use Google Meetings. It records for free for a certain amount of time, too, I think now but recording so that you can go back and review it. Think about what you want to review before you do that, because otherwise you might get stuck in stuff that doesn't matter. You wanna look for your eye contact. You wanna look for your intentionality. Are you varying your pace? Is it interesting to follow you? Uh, Making sure you're not monotone. Eye contact, voice, can I hear you? Are you enunciating well? Are you going a good speed? Have some of those criteria in mind before you evaluate yourself so that you can get a good value out of evaluating yourself. So then we move on to the actual performance. So we've done our research, we've prepared the answers to questions, and we've practiced those 
those answers. So those are our first three points here. Then we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll go through three more keys in your performance and follow up to have an effective interview. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking about interviewing And just a reminder that if you're looking for some assistance with your interviewing, interviewlikeanexpert.com. That's Lene's website. She gave us great insights at the beginning of the show. And then if you're looking for someone to help you with your resume, really hit that out of the park so that you get more interviews. Or if you're a writer looking to do more effective documents for your clients, check out resumewritingacademy.com. We have a directory there where you can find a writer. So if you are interviewing and you you do your first three steps, right? You do your research, you prepare, and you practice. Now you move into that performance. And this is challenging for us because we want to be authentic. And yet we need to have a little bit of performance to our interview or it's not going to connect. We know that people like to watch video, but they like to watch entertaining videos. And so we feel like, oh, I've got all this pressure to be entertaining. You do not have to be entertaining. What you do want to be is connected. So you really want to be present with that interviewer and connecting with them there so that you are effective and connected. Now, here's the thing. So a lot of times when we're nervous, it's because we're all worried about us. How do I look? How's I, how am I coming across, etc. Hopefully, from your practice, you'll feel a little bit more comfortable from that. And when you get in the interview, I'd really encourage you 
to focus on the other person, whether you're on the phone, on video, or in person. Really focus on the other person. This is a tip from the great salespeople, right? That great salespeople connect and really make the meeting about you. What do you need? What are you looking for? How can they help you? And then they pitch their solution, but very, very targeted to what they've learned about you. So you've done your research, you know what they need, you know what they're looking for, but in the interview, you wanna keep that focus. You're asking questions, you're really thinking about how will this fit for you and, and connecting to what they're needing. And you're also doing your research to make sure this is a good fit for you. And when you bring that focus, of making it about the other person, research, is this a good place for me, asking good questions, and really being present there, you will change your level of stress, and you'll also change people's perception of you. So it's one of my favorite pieces, and it's from a while ago, where we were talking about this idea of charisma, And we often think that people are just born with it, right? They walk in a room and everyone flocks to them because they're just, they're charismatic. And that may be true for some people, but when you really look at people that you would consider to be charismatic and not stars, right? Normal people, the normal people that you consider to be charismatic, if you watch them, the reason that they're charismatic is not because they're so special or even good looking or anything. But oftentimes it's because they are focused on the other person. When is the last time that you met with someone and really felt like they were just focused on you and connecting to you and listening to you? It doesn't happen that often. And so when someone does that, it actually creates this feeling of, wow, that person is charismatic, but it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the fact that they're not making it about them. It's a very simple thing from Dale Carnegie, right? How to win friends and influence people. But a lot of us don't think about it in an interview setting because we're too focused on ourselves. How can I promote myself? How can I sell myself? And that is important. That's why we prepare and practice so that when you're in that setting, those pieces are remembered those pieces just fly and you can be more focused on connecting and really making sure you're answering their question and really understanding what they're looking for and not so focused on what am I going to say and how when we're too focused there we lose that ability to be able to connect don't lose that stay focused there It will really help your performance. And you don't have to be entertaining or bubbly or something that you're not, but all of us can be present and connected and smile. It sounds oversimplified again. Elizabeth Craig always talks about this. But now when we're in Zoom, and especially as Lene was talking about, you might be in a meeting where there's several people. When someone else is talking... The other interviewers are still looking at you. And if you turn into that resting frown, it's, you don't look interested. You don't look engaged to be there. So be careful about that facial expression 
when you are the one that's not talking because that's when people are watching, especially if there are multiple interviewers in that Zoom room. So we've got our our research, our preparation, our practice, our performance. And during that performance, again, you're making sure you're present because you're sharing the answers to your questions, but you're also there to connect. So that's the the number five one there. And then you've got to do the follow-up. Don't forget about that just because we're virtual. Of course, it means today that your follow-up is going to be via email. And we know that emails go into the black hole. So keep it short, sweet, specific. I really enjoyed speaking with you today about X. I'm excited about joining your company to do Y. We are not talking a novel here. Three, four sentences. Connect the dots. Indicate your interest in moving forward so that they know you want the job. And then at the end of the interview, that's really where this starts, this follow-up piece, because at the end of the interview, you want to say that. I'm so excited to, to move on to the next step. This has been great learning more about your organization. What, it, what will the next step look like? What will it look like? When will you know? And who can you follow up with if you don't happen to hear by that date? What will it look like? When will you hear? And who can you follow up with if you haven't heard by that date? And then how would they like you to follow up? So that you know, there's no question about is it okay if I follow up or not? And who do I follow up with? And do I call or do I email? Don't leave that up to to guessing. Ask at the end of the interview and then you'll know. You follow up right away with that thank you to every single interviewer if you can and then follow up when and who and where and how they told you to because you asked before that end of the interview. And when you do that, then you feel more comfortable following up and you also are more likely to do it because you have that permission and and you don't feel like you're going to be a bother. So ask those questions at the end. Say that you're excited to learn about the new process. Pick a word that works for you, but use an emotion word. I'm so excited about that. I'm really passionate about this type of work and excited to join the team. Whatever it is, really interested to learn more if you're a little bit more, you know, on the fence or thoughtful. Whatever it is, you need to pick your word and pick your statement and write it down on your list of questions so that at the end of the interview, you can state your interest and then ask how you should follow up. And that's how I want you to finish every single interview is is that process. State your interest and then ask when, how, and who you follow up with. Well, we have another great guest next week um, here on The Career Confidant. If you have topics or guests that you'd like to suggest, please reach out to us, uh, Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. And we look forward to hearing from you and seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.